With today's aging population, both men and women are living longer, healthier, happier lives, and sex and intimacy is a very important part, not only for physical connectedness, but emotional concerns. We see that as men and women age, there's issues related to bone health, osteoporosis, and fractures as well. And this is really an unspoken, undiscovered topic where we're really talking about different types of safer sex and how men and women with osteoporosis and fractures can navigate the field of intimacy. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman, host of Sex Med on ReachMD, and joining me today is Dr. Risa Kagan. She is a world-known OBGYN certified menopause provider from the North American Menopause Society and an expert in bone health. That intro really doesn't do her justice, so I'll let her introduce herself. Risa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today to talk about really this very important topic. Uh, First, can you do us a favor and the listeners and just introduce yourself, and I want to give you all the kudos you deserve. And again, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me bring up this important topic, which really, when you look into the osteoporosis world, there's very little written about it. So I'm Dr. Risa Kagan. I'm a clinical professor in the Department of OBGYN and Reproductive Sciences at the University of California, San Francisco. And I also am a practicing gynecologist now, no longer doing OB, with over 30 years of experience in Berkeley, California with the Sutter East Bay Medical Foundation. I've done clinical trials for the last 20 years, mostly in bone health, um, osteoporosis, prevention, as well as women's health, female sexuality, hot flashes, you know, uh, vaginal dryness, and um, really um, think this is such an important topic. I have been certified in the world of bone densitometry, and I also am a certified menopause practitioner, but I've learned a lot about male osteoporosis as well through my work in the bone field. So although I'm a gynecologist, I do know a lot about men and women who have or are looking to prevent osteoporosis, but really, more importantly, men and women who have sustained what we call fragility fractures and the effect that this can have on their life and their intimacy. And, um, and the area of sexuality, if you really look into it, very little is published around the world of sexuality and bone health. So I, I really appreciate your taking the time today to talk about this. And, you know, I was the one who actually started saying to you, you know, the world of safe sex and younger people and people trying to prevent STDs, et cetera, well, this is a different form of safe sex. And, and it affects women and men in all ages. But the truth is, is, is that women and men who have sustained a fragility fracture can actually interfere with their body image, their quality of life, their sense of self, of course, intimacy, and they're afraid to re-engage in sexual activity. Risa, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about those types of fractures, the fragility fractures, what exactly they are, and how are people being screened now? I know that's being changed, and um, I know our focus today is on intimacy, but I think it's really important for a lot of the people to recognize that many people are not being screened, and there's a lot of assumptions, and people may have issues with bone uh, as well. Well, first, let's define a fragility fracture. Fragility fracture is when a man or, man or woman over the age of 50 
actually fall from standing height. So if you trip on a curb or even when you fall on some ice, guess what? If you're standing and you fall and you break a major bone, you know, hip, even your wrist, not skull, not fingers and toes, okay? But any of those bones, we define it as a fragility fracture. It means something about your bone quality. So and people fall all the time and they have breaks and they actually don't even consider themselves at risk. That would be a signal that that male or female should go and have a test called a bone densitometry or DEXA test to see basically what their bone mass is. Now, bone strength is made up of bone quality and bone density. So the whole picture is not just that test. You could have a pretty good bone density, but really have a fragility fracture, which then makes you have the diagnosis of osteoporosis, and we really need to pay attention of what's going on in your bones. So that's the long and the short of it. The NOF, the National Osteoporosis Foundation, has guidelines for men and women as to when they should have their first bone density test if they have not had other risk factors to lead them to have one younger. And for women, it's 65 and older, and for men, around age 70. So there are plenty of people that are not being screened. But beyond that, anyone who's had a fragility fracture, again, should have a test done and should be evaluated and treated. We have plenty of great options these days. Great. I mean, I really appreciate that update. I think it's quite important. Let's jump right into the concerns of people who have osteoporosis, maybe bone pain, maybe even metastatic issues or fragile bones or pain. What are some really some take-home clinical pearls from your experience being in the trenches, seeing people and, you know, bridging that world. And I think that people that are trained like yourself who deal with the general OBGYN community plus have an intricate knowledge of bone health plus the awareness that sexual function is important, what are some clinical pearls that you really tell your patients who may ask or want some practical suggestions in order to maintain a healthy sex life as they experience some bone issues? Well, as I said, you know, this is a different form of safe sex. Once somebody's had a fracture, people are very concerned that they're going to have more fractures, and it is well established that once you've had a fragility fracture, especially in the lumbar spine, you have an exponential increased risk for more. And, of course, I see more women who are many a time really afraid to start engaging in sexual activity and exercise in general. So you really have to think about, um, first of all, talking about it. They must discuss this with their partners, men and women. This has to come out of the closet. Like, how can we re-engage in our intimacy and our sexual activity? And for some couples, it is fine. They're very comfortable. They're happy having um, what I call non-penetrative sexual activity, what I call outer course. Okay. We all know what that is. And that's fine. That works for many, but not for everybody. Many people really do want to continue with having intercourse. But then how do they have safe sex practices without breaking more bones? Or they're, you know, if a man who's heavy is on top of a woman who's had vertebral fractures, she clearly is anxious about having another fracture. So one is making sure that you are comfortable. If you need, take some ahead of time, acetaminophen or some NSAIDs. Make sure that you're not hurting because, you know, pain for the first is for sure a killer of any libido or any ability to have arousal and orgasmic response. And then positioning. 
make sure that you are in a safe, comfortable environment. You liberally use pillows, cushions. I actually went online to just see if there are any pictures, and there are plenty of websites showing really graphic pictures of men and women in positioning that would be most comfortable. And, you know, what we usually tell women who've had fractures, say, when they're engaging again, is it, it's really better for them to be on top. It would be really very scary and even harmful, I think, and distracting if you have a woman who's had fractures, a fragility fracture, say, in her spine, to have a heavy partner on top of her. So side positioning, um, you know, there's many, many people find positioning with cushions, even standing, believe it or not, where, you know, one person is on a table and the other person is standing. So if one Googles online safe sex practices with fractures or even osteoarthritis, people look for these kinds of positioning, or you will see plenty of very nice pictures to give you an idea of how to make the male and female comfortable in, these, um, in, in the right position that won't lead them to be distracted for the fear of having another fracture. The other thing I talk a lot about with women is, and men too, about their self-esteem. After you've had fractures, especially spine fractures, again, people, their clothes doesn't fit them anymore. A lot of people have really bad self-images because they've lost a few inches sometimes, so their pants have to be shortened or their your dresses don't fit anymore. And all of this gets into body image and how you see yourself and how you feel about yourself. So, you know, the more we can talk about it openly and acknowledge it, it's probably the first step that we can do. Right. And you talked about sexual furniture. One of the resources that I've used in the past is... Um, you know, it's called the liberator. And these are really like wedges and cushions to really take off pressure. But your points are very well taken about, I think the first step is to recognize that there's a problem. If you're just tuning in right now, you're listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman, and joining me today is Dr. Risa Kagan, a board-certified OBGYN who's a specialist in not only menopause, gynecology, but bone health and sexual intimacy. And we're really privileged to have her speak with us about really an unspoken topic about safer sex and the issues of bone health in terms of osteoporosis, fractures, and the effects of intimacy. Risa, I wanted to talk a little bit before we conclude a little bit about some of the classes of medications. And, you know, I've always been getting these discussions about the CIRMs and how they not only help your bones, but can also affect other areas of your body. And I know there's some emerging literature about one serum, ospemaphine, which really is for vaginal dryness, but there may be some data about bone, not in humans, but in other animals as well, and sexual function. Also, there's other ones that are coming down the pike, and I know you're intricately involved in clinical trials. So tell the listeners a little bit about this class of drug and how they're important, how they fit into your war chest to not only help maybe dryness or bones or intimacy. Well, first of all, the bisphosphonates are the main class of osteoporosis drugs, and they really treat bone and bone and only bone, okay? So they're not going to help the vagina, and they're not going to help any other area of your body. And they are approved. There's oral. There's IV for men and women. So I just want to get that out there, okay? And then for women who do use bisphosphonates and if they need vaginal products we have very safe local 
vaginal estrogen tablet ring and cream that have really been shown to be efficacious for what we call GSM, genitourinary syndrome of menopause, to help women be comfortable. But let's move on to SERMs, and SERMs are obviously only from women, selective estrogen receptor modulators, and they're all not just the same. And we have the mainstay has been raloxifene, which is brand name was Avista, it's now a generic. But it, that CIRM has been proven and shown to be efficacious in preventing and treating osteoporosis in women for certain, but there's no effect on the vagina. So it has absolutely a neutral effect on vaginal atrophy, et cetera. But we do now have people have heard about Osphemacine, which is the brand name of Osphena, and it has been approved for women who have dyspareunia, a symptom of menopause, but not the approval for bone. But yet many of us do know there is a whole body of literature, both preclinical and some clinical, on the effect of bone, and it looks very agonistic on bone and prevents bone loss. They just don't have the studies out yet for showing the prevention of osteoporosis or treating osteoporosis, and I'm not sure they'll be done, but we do have some phase two data on bone markers, and it looks very good as far as preventing bone loss. And there's some other CIRMs, not in the United States and other countries, like there's one called vasodoxaphene. We now have a CIRM in combination with an estrogen called um, DUA-V, conjugated estrogens with vasodoxaphene, but again, not for the treatment of patients who have had fractures. Those are for vasodoxaphenes in Europe, but has, again, no effect on the vagina. The newest probably most exciting that is in the forefront of many of our meetings and has been studied extensively is a serum called lasofoxifene. And it has been studied in over 15,000 women all over the world, and a whole development program of phase two and three trials have been done and published and presented. It was in the hands of Pfizer for years and basically was not approved initially by the FDA in the United States, but these trials have been completed and now a new company called Sermonix has bought the rights to this agent and are, have an NDA to try again to get this because the data is impeccable for the prevention and treatment of osteoporosis as well as for the treatment of vaginal atrophy. And it's very agonistic in the vagina, and it has been shown in a, a very huge trial, a five-year trial, a fracture trial, to prevent fractures as well as to prevent uh, bone loss. It reduced fractures in that five-year trial of vertebral fractures by 42% and non-vertebral fractures by 26%, which many other CIRMs have not demonstrated at all in their clinical trials. So I'm pretty excited that this new company has decided to, again, take over um, this compound and try to, again, get it approved by the FDA. Because wouldn't it be exciting if you have women who could take the CIRM, know that it's going to prevent fractures, treat osteoporosis as well as prevent osteoporosis, but then get the benefit of taking one agent that would also be agonistic in the vagina and help their vaginal atrophy and painful intercourse or vaginal dryness associated with menopause. You know, I think that really would change the field and really hopefully help the discussion that we're having today, you know, in terms of bone health, living longer, maintaining sexual health and intimacy. 
Risa, I really want to thank you today for joining us. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but you know, this is such an important topic about breaking the silence about osteoporosis, fractures, intimacy, and the crossover between different CIRMs and treatment agents. I think you've really brought a new perspective to this whole topic. Thanks, Risa. I'm Dr. Michael Critchman, and you've been listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com slash sexualmedicine to download this segment and others in this series. And remember, sexual health is general health. I'm Dr. Michael Critchman, your host, and you've been listening to Sex Med on ReachMD.